Yo, what up everybody? This is Mark from Suicide Silence. Brian Fair from Shadows Fall. Gary Hall from Exodus and recently retired from Slayer. Chris from Bad Wolves. It's Joe from Briar Rose. Tyler Burgess here. And I'm... This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder. Yo, yo, yo. Igor Cavalera here. Hey, this is Charlie Lanthrax. I just want to give a shout out to Pedalton Metal Radio, the podcast. The podcast to get all your rock and metal news plus reviews. With new episodes dropping every Sunday, make sure you tune in. Keep rocking with Pedal to the Metal. Check it out now, you motherfuckers. Keep it metal. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition of Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Monster, here, and this is a special episode because it is the Thanksgiving edition of pedal to the metal radio the podcast that's right happy thanksgiving everybody out there in the united states which i believe is the only country that celebrates thanksgiving maybe i don't know i could be off but in all honesty today is a day that we are thankful for things in our lives right because that's what it's meant to be so i'm going to come out and tell you guys right now what I am thankful for in this world. And number one, heavy metal music, rock music, just the whole kit and caboodle in general. I'm thankful for concerts coming back. Because without them, man, what a dull fucking world this was. I'm thankful for this podcast. I'm thankful for all the listeners. I'm thankful for all the bands. And I'm thankful... For all the guys that I have interviewed and hopefully thankful for the guys in the future that I will interview hopefully somewhere down the line. So I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful for family, friends, and just about anybody that's supported me since day one. I am definitely thankful for that. So with that being said, hopefully you guys have some things that you are thankful for. Um and, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, obviously turkey, man, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, you know, ham, corn, the whole sweet potatoes, cranberry sauce, whatever it is, how you guys rock out on Thanksgiving, you know, football. Um, and that's about it. I mean, what else do you do on Thanksgiving? Pretty much nothing else. Um, so, yeah, Thanksgiving's cool. It's that one time of the year that you eat a turkey. And uh, you wake up just to, uh, you know, do it all over again for the rest of the night. You get in the leftovers, you eat some leftovers, and you fall back asleep again. And, and you know, <clears throat> and then the next day it's Black Friday and you want to forget Thanksgiving even happened because you put on about 15, 20 pounds, you know, unless you're me. You know, that's what you do. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, Thanksgiving school. So hopefully you guys are having a safe and happy Thanksgiving safe is the key word i would you know i don't mind people to party you know and uh drink some beers on uh thanksgiving but just be safe about it that's it that's all you ask for all right so on this episode this special thanksgiving uh episode we've got some music yeah we got an unsigned band of the week we've got two bands you should know artists we've got some news plus i'm going to be debating on something with myself I'm debating with myself here on a topic. So Loudwire recently released an article, and I highly disagree with some of it, and I'm going to be talking about it on this episode, so stay tuned for that. 
uh, rock and metal news, and right now the social media side of things. So if you want to follow the show, you can do so by going to facebook.com forward slash Eddie's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. That's right, facebook.com forward slash Eddie's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. It is the spot, like the page, always updated with links and various other things at times, yes. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash pedal underscore radio, right? Twitter.com forward slash pedal underscore radio. You can follow us on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash pedal to the metal radio show. Again, instagram.com forward slash pedal to the metal radio show. You can also email me at pedal to the metal radio show at gmail.com. Again, pedal to the metal radio show at gmail.com. If you are in a band, whether you're signed or unsigned, or if you're a label or a promotion, email me. I will play your stuff. I get so many, so many emails of music that I am going. I'm in the process right now. It's all about time, and it's all about timing. Timing is everything, right? And it's got to be the right time, and I have to have the time to invest and do this. But we are developing a Twitch page right now uh, to do a radio show. We're going to be doing an actual radio show with all this music, right, that we're getting sent. So don't worry. If you're in a band, you're going to get played one way or another. So stay tuned when I announce the Twitch page. It's going to be awesome. Totally awesome. Uh, Yeah, and then last but certainly not least, the one link that rules them all because there can only be one. That's right. For all you guys out there, it's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show Pedal to the Metal Radio Show That is the place to go if you want to listen to archived or new episodes weekly. That's right. Every week we put out an episode, or we try to, anyways. Uh, but there you'll find all the shows, and there's going to be all the links are going to be there. Whether you listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor. Uh, Google, iHeartRadio, it's all there. If there is a link to the show, it is going to be on that site. So go there, check out as many fucking episodes as you want. Knock yourself the fuck out, right? All right, so with that being said, we've got such a great show for you guys. Uh, I didn't want to start off the show on this kind of a note, but there are some uh, unfortunate announcements that we do have to make and something I don't like to do. All right. Uh, a couple people passed away most recently. And one of them apparently, you know, listen, I'm going to admit right now, I will always admit to whether I truly know a band or not. I will always admit whether I am a huge fan or not. I will always admit it because I hate posers, right? And I am not the hugest Turbo Negro, Turbo Negro fan because I haven't heard enough. I haven't taken the time to listen enough, I should say. Um, I'm going to do so now because I heard Hank Van uh, Hank, Hank Von Hell's track with uh, Nurgle on that Me and That Man Volume 2, and it was excellent, right? He released that, and then I think like a week later, uh, Hank Von Hell passes away. So, yeah, very sad news. He uh, passed away. We don't know from what, 
but he passed away at the age of 49. Um, and his family went on to Instagram and they wrote this. We are very sad to announce that Hans Eric Divik Husby, hopefully I'm saying that right, also known to the world as Hank Von Hell, sadly passed away on November 19th. 2021 we kindly ask for your respect to the family and close friends in this moment of tragedy uh turbo negro also did a tribute of their own on facebook is what they said is with immense sadness we received the tragic news that hans eric divik husby or it might be hurtis husby and that's what that might stand like maybe uh has passed away we are thankful for the times, the moments, and the magic we shared with Hans Eric and Turbo Negro during the years 1993 to 2009. As a charismatic frontman who equally channeled humor and vulnerability, Hans Eric was crucial for the band's appeal. He was a warm and big-hearted human, a spiritually and intellectually seeking person who loved having a conversation with anybody. We are proud of what we created together as, a, as rock brothers and Turbo Negro, the music, the characters, a whole universe. Hank Von Helvet remains an iconic figure in the history of Norwegian walk. Did I really say it like that? Norwegian, Nor I can't, why is this a tongue twister right now? Norwegian rock and popular culture. And also made a mark as a profile in the international rock and roll community. Actor, romantic, and entertainer. Through his life, Hank left no doubt that he was a man for the stage. Loving that spotlight and the room's attention, our thoughts and hearts go to his family. Rest in peace. So as you know, he joined Turbo Negro in 1993, and he stayed with the band right up until 2010, and that's when he started putting out his own solo records, which were two, and he also formed a band called Dr. Midnight and the Mercy Cult. So there you go. Uh, sad news, and you know what? There's a lot of people... That have been leaving tributes to Hank Von Hell. Uh, incredible. So it makes me want to check out Turbo Negro. And I'm going to do so. Uh, for sure. And one more sad piece of news. If you've never heard of Mick Rock. Then you don't know photographers. This guy is legendary. And some of his subjects. Not to brag or anything. Or not to make it sound too big. But... They're bands like Queen, Thin Lizzy, Motley Crue, The Sex Pistols, The Ramones. Yeah, that's just to name a few. All right. But Mick Rock has passed away at the age of 72. The guy was legendary. And on Twitter, they confirmed his passing by saying, It is with the heaviest of hearts that we share our beloved psychedelic renegade. Mick Rock has made the Junginian, Jungian journey to the other side. Those who had the pleasure of existing in his orbit... Know that Mick was always so much more than the man who shot the 70s. He was, a, he was a photographic poet, a true force of nature, who spent his days doing exactly what he loved, always in his own delightfully outrageous way. There you go. So condolences to the family of Mick Rock. May you rest in power. All right. So with that being said, we are moving on right now, and we are checking out our first of the two bands you should know artists. So our first band is coming all the way from Hamilton, Ontario. Let me tell you, Ontario seems to have quite the scene. We've played a lot of bands. 
before in the past that have come from Ontario, and they are definitely bringing the fury. We have got the band for you guys to check out. They are called Death Perception, and they've just released their third single from their brand new album, Ashes, which you can get online everywhere and on CD, by the way. So you need to check out Death Perception. And without further ado, right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast, it is time to check out Ashes to Mourn.
is time for Rock and Metal News, presented by Eddie Monster. All right, Rock and Metal News time. And, you know, anybody that knows me knows that I love it when there's drama. You know, I once was told by Frankie Palmieri. Is that his name? I don't even fucking care. The guy from Amir. I was once uh, doing an interview with him, and he got so bent out of shape. He was in a rivalry with somebody. I can't remember the name of the band. Not that it fucking matters. Uh, But I asked him a question about it, and he totally flipped. Like, the guy, first of all, looked like he didn't want to be there for the interview anyways. And then just completely flipped his shit. And, uh, you know, in, a, in kind of a way. I don't know why you would ask me that. And then uh, just kind of was like, all right, when is this going to be over? And I ended the interview very early. Believe me. But, uh, yeah, I like it when, you know, there's some shade being thrown around. Uh, but David Draymond may have handled this better than anybody I know. Uh, apparently, Mastodon's Brent Hines came out and said some unflattering things about Disturbed. And he was on the Jasta show, and he talked about touring with Disturbed. And he said, I did a lot of tours I didn't want to do, though, like Disturbed and all that mayhem, stupid bullshit, gay-ass shit. You got to fucking open up for Disturbed. You got to play to people that like Disturbed. And it caused quite a stir to the point that Brand Daller was apologizing to him, saying, I'm very sorry we hurt your feelings or anyone else's feelings. This is never our intention. We want our LGBTQ fans to feel safe listening to our music and coming to see us live. We have, We also have no ill will towards Disturbed. They were always super cool to us on the Mayhem Tour. I think that interviewer might have caught Brent on a bad day. Sorry for upsetting you or anyone else. We appreciate you all and all of our fans very much. So Loudwire reached out to David, and here's what he said. And he took such a classy, classy kind of approach to it. He could have easily fed into it and been like, yeah, well, you know what, that guy's a douchebag or whatever, you know. But this is what he had to say. He says, "I know you know, I have nothing but the greatest respect and admiration for the Mastodon guys. I've been a fan since day one. I can continue to be a fan. I think there's just too much mutual respect and admiration, and they knew it. They knew we liked them. We were cool with each other throughout our touring times together. We're genuine fans. It was surprising to say the least. And you know what, Brent? I hope that just know from my end, I bear no ill will. And if any given point in time, those guys are somewhere and we can break bread or have a drink together, I'm always down. I don't hold it against them or him or anything. Too often, these things are made more of than they really should be. Everything is trying to pit one musician against another musician. Who knows? Maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe it's like what the Mastodon guy said. Who knows? God knows I haven't had all the glorious moments in my past in the press. So everybody's human, and I don't begrudge anyone. It's all good. Ooh, there you go. <clears throat> That's my Draymond impression right there. Uh, so anyways, yeah. So, I mean, he took the very, very classy kind of approach to that, and uh, he could have created 
So much drama. So much drama. That's why I say so much of it. But he didn't. And he went a different route. So I got to give him credit. There you go. Uh, for those of you guys that are still on the fence about COVID booster shots and all of that shit, whether you're, you know, preaching about your body, you know, it's my body, I do what I want, or as Nurgle likes to call them, COVIDiots, like basically saying COVID idiots, but combining them. And apparently he took his booster shot. Here's what he said. Um... I guess it was an Instagram post. He's, you know, he was basically telling people to trust in proven science instead of living with outdated pseudo uh, pseudo beliefs. And he calls anti-vaxxers COVID idiots. Yeah, uh, he says third jab done. Not even religious topics are as polarizing as vaccinations these days, but both have so much in common. You can either put your trust in proven science, or you can continue to live with outdated. Suedo beliefs but god forbid you become seriously ill consider your people do not be covidiots be kind to each other and this one's saying in the united states roughly 69 percent of the population has received at least one shot of the vaccine worldwide that number is about 53.7 percent so there you go i have both shots i'm just um not sure if I, if I'm gonna go for the third one, kind of to be honest. I'm kind of on the fence of that. I'm probably gonna end up doing it anyways eventually. We'll see. All right, Decibel Magazine uh, recently released their top 40 metal albums of 2021, and it's an interesting list to say the least. Very very interesting. But I'm going to read you the uh, the top 10 anyways. Uh, coming in at number 10 is Wolves in the Throne, Ro- uh, Throne Room with Primordial Arcana. And number 9, Senjutsu by Iron Maiden. And number 8, it's Submission and Slavery by Lamp of Murmur, which is a self-released uh, deal there. Uh, Blood Moon 1 by Converge comes in at number 7. The Tritonus, Tritonius Bell by Hooded Menace at number six. And again, Into the Light by Panopticon, if I'm saying that right. Uh, number four is Feel by Apparition, uh, Where the Gloom Becomes Sound by Tribulation. Uh, Deceiver by Chemist at number two. And at number one, it is Carcass with Torn Arteries. So there you go. There's your top ten according to Decibel. Uh, some of the surprising ones where they were uh, Violence Unimagined by Cannibal Corpse. Let me see. Uh, even Exodus at number 28 with Persona Non Grata. And I love that record. I think that's, uh, that's a pretty good record, if I do say so myself. And number 39, Eternal Hails by Dark Throne. Number 39. I love that it even made the list. So, yeah, that's pretty badass. Uh, Carcass, The Locust, and Autopsy and more have been booked for Oblivion Access 2022 and Violence, Windhand, Coven, Blood Incantation, Devil Master, and a shit ton more bands are also on that. It's a, uh, Oblivion Access takes place across various venues in Austin, Texas, and it's happening between May 12th and May 15th, 2022. And uh, there's a lot of bands on this list. Converge, 
Carcass the Locust, Youth of Today, uh, Cave-In, Violence, like I said, Liturgy, uh, lots and lots of bands. Even Cool Keith is on this, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of lot of bands, Val Creatures, tons and tons. Um, some of the venues that are going to be participating for the festival include the Empire Control Room and Garage, the Creek and Cave, which was formerly known as the Barracuda, uh, Mohawk, the Elysium, Hotel Vegas, and Central Presbyterian Church will be a venue. So that's pretty cool. Nothing like some festivals, if you do, if I do say so myself. You know what I mean? I love festivals. Uh, Jerry Cantrell has announced that he's got a live stream that is going to be happening in December, which is also going to feature actor and comedian Jeff Garland. Uh, pretty badass. Everybody's getting in it. Uh, Jerry, you know, as we know, just released his first solo album in almost 20 years with Brighton last month. And... He celebrated it with an intimate show that happened in Los Angeles on November 17th, which is what is going to be broadcast as the live stream on December 2nd. And uh, it's a six-song set with storytelling and a Q&A hosted by renowned actor and comedian Jeff Garland, uh, Tyler Bates, Greg, uh, yeah. Greg from Dillinger Escape Plan, Gil Sharon from Dillinger Escape Plan, George Adrian, Vincent Jones, and Michael Rosin. Are all there, so make sure you check that out. December second. Uh, surprising news. I did not see this coming, but it's actually kind of pretty cool. And uh, Cannibal Corpse's Corpse Grinder has announced a his debut solo album. So apparently, he's been working on some stuff. And um, yeah, the album was produced by Fisher himself alongside Nick Belmore who also produced Kingdom of Sorrow and D Snyder and Jamie Jasta and it's going to be released through Jasta's brand new label Perseverance Music Group and uh, here's what he said when Jamie approached me to do this record I was fired up to get into the studio with Eric Rutan and record the vocals it's a mix of death metal thrash and hardcore and it sounds heavy as hell I'm really excited about it can't wait sounds pretty badass there's some previews of the debut album that you can check out. I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Corpse Grinder. And uh, I don't see. Oh, February 4th is when it's going to be coming out. And it's called Corpse Grinder. Uh, yeah, so February 4th. Look out for that. Uh, Ramstein is in the news. And again, let's talk about throwing shade. But I don't know if it is. Uh, Richard Cross thinks that the days of stadium metal bands are over and done with and he definitely believes that Ghost is not a stadium band uh, here's what he said he goes yes but they are dinosaurs when he talked about certain bands uh, think about it everyone in those bands is old people We're all, we are old in comparison young people may also listen to rock but they are more interested in other types of rock the problem is that these gigantic gangs have no one to come after them. The time for bands that can fill stadiums is about to run out. What is the last band that can fill a stadium that you know? And he says that Muse is maybe one of the last ones. And he says Ghost is. And he goes, yes, but Ghost doesn't does not fill a stadium. I mean, those giant bands, every day they are less and less. And it's certainly going to end. Maybe so. 
yeah, Ramstein's going to be releasing a new album before they kick off their 2022 stadium tour, which uh, starts in Prague, Czechoslovakia, on uh, May 15th. And then they're back in the States, I believe, to make up some of those dates or maybe to do the tour on August 21st when they go to Montreal. And I'm actually looking forward to it, dude. I'm going to be seeing them in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium on September 9th. That's going to be pretty badass. Uh, Korn has been in the news. We all know we all heard uh, one of their brand new tracks. And a Korn guitarist is comparing it to Untouchables. Now, my best friend knows that Untouchables is probably one of my most favorite, favorite Korn records of all time. It just was a masterpiece, um, to say the least. And and James Mucky Schaefer is the one. He goes, something about it makes me feel like it's... Remember the album Untouchables? It has a vibe to it that's like early 2000s to me. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because we took more time on guitars. We got a lot of textures and there's some layering and techniques recording-wise that we've done, such as recording the tape. We all did the drums and did a lot of analog recording and just got out of working in a computer. I feel like it's going to take fans a minute to kind of digest, and also you have to put yourself where we were in the middle of COVID. The whole world shut down. At one point, L.A. had these big fires, and there was this orange sky. The virus was out there. It just felt so dystopian. And uh, Jonathan Davis has already said that Requiem is one of the best album experiences he's ever had. And it's coming out February 4th. I'm looking forward to that. I heard the new Corn track. And yeah, it's different. It's very different than what I'm used to. But it's uh, it's pretty badass. You need to check it out. And uh, other Corn news. I used to wonder... In the beginning about David Silvera and whether there was ever an opportunity that he was going to end up in Corn, um, But as far as like a 30th anniversary, he's not very hopeful that it's going to happen. He's, he just, you know, talked about it. And uh, we all know that in 2006 he left the band and the relationship has been very up and down since then. But in an interview with Rocking with Jam Man... Um, he doesn't feel very hopeful. He says it would obviously take all of us talking. So far, I don't see any of that even happening. But you never know. You just never know. Uh, I left the band for a few reasons. One of them was because when we started out, we were all equal members and everything was supposed to be voted on and everyone had equal say in everything. And that slowly turned into a different way of things working that I totally 100% disagreed with. At the same time, three days before I filmed the last video on See You on the Other Side, I was lifting weights in my garage and I was squatting, holding dumbbells, and there was a TV above me and I squatted down. Something on the TV got my attention and I fell backwards and hit the ground. I actually broke four bones in my lower back. It was actually a few years that went by before I had my back repaired, but I was in so much pain, I couldn't even do anything. I don't know what that has to do with much, but, you know, like I said... When Ray Luzier first came into into corn, I was kind of skeptical, man. It was like losing head, and then when we got head back, it was like the most exciting thing in the world. And then I kept wondering, well, if head's back, what's the chances of David Silvera coming back? You know what I mean? Like, And that ran, honestly ran through my head, but it doesn't really run through my head anymore. I've accepted Ray. I think Ray is amazing. He's 
probably one of the coolest, most badass drummers um, that's out there right now. I don't even think you can even argue with that. Anyways, uh, Zach, uh, more news on Zach Wilde and the new Ozzy album. So apparently he just wrote solos, not songs. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Remember, Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, and Tony Iommi are all on this album. So there you go. All right, so that's going to do it for that aspect of rock and metal news because I still have something I want to debate. But before we get into that, let's get into the unsigned band of the week. And our artist is coming to us from Boston via San Diego, Chile. That's right, we are talking about Overtune. And I got to be honest, guys, finding out some news about these guys is pretty badass, if you ask me. Listen, they've got an album out called This Darkness Feels Alive. It's available on all digital platforms as well as CD. And just check this out. Fleming Rasmussen mastered the album. If you don't know who Fleming Rasmussen is, you are obviously not a metal fan. This guy produced everything from Metallica's Master of Puppets. To Morbid Angel. So this is pretty badass. If you do, if I do say so myself. So I was pretty excited to play this on the show. So without further ado, let's check these guys out. But before we do, I also have some links for you guys. Go to facebook.com forward slash overtune official. That's right, facebook.com forward slash overtune official. And without further ado, here's this track made manifest right here. On Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast!
All right, welcome back, everybody. So earlier in the show, I said that there was a website that had posted an article, and I wanted to talk about it. And I've always been a big fanatic when it came to the idea of creating a list of, like, let's say, you know, like in the automotive industry, there was always the big three, you know, Dodge, Ford, GM. And then somebody had the bright idea of naming the big four of thrash metal, right? The big four, Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer, and Megadeth. Now, the whole point of the big four and the reason those four bands were considered the big four is because they released... Each man had a release within that one year span that were considered huge albums. You know, they're breakthrough albums. These are albums that bands, uh, fans, excuse me, constantly refer to. Uh, You know, Rain and Blood by Slayer, uh, Peace Sells But Who's Buying by Megadeth, Among the Living by Anthrax, and Master of Puppets by Metallica. These are undisputed albums, right? These are the albums that kind of put these bands on the map. So that's the idea, right? And it can even be argued for a big five for Thrash. Obviously, we've seen it because Bonded by Blood by Exodus was, you know, their breakthrough record. So with that being said, Loudwire came out with a list Of the big four of all these different metal subgenres. Some I agree with, some I disagree with. And some I disagree because I look back at history and I've lived through some of these subgenres. Much like there are people that can argue for the big four of thrash because they lived through that era. So I'm going to be discussing some of the subgenres that I agree with and the ones that I disagree with. All right, so one of the first ones I want to discuss right off the bat is the new wave of American heavy metal. Now, I remembered an article that was posted by Metal Hammer describing this new wave of American heavy metal. Okay, and first of all, I'll name the big four. The big four to to Loudwire is Slipknot, Avenged Sevenfold, Lamb of God, and Trivium. Okay, there you go. Your big four of New Wave of American Heavy Metal. Now, the reason I'm disagreeing with this list is because none of those bands were even considered at the time. Maybe only one of them. All right, and that band is Lamb of God, right? That's the one band people constantly refer to all the time in that article. So if I was to create a big four, my big four would be Hatebreed, Killswitch Engage, Lamb of God. And I don't even know if I have a fourth one, to be honest. But I remember Chimera at the time was a band that was talked about at the time when they did this article. 
But honestly, if I was to throw a band in there, it would probably be the Black Dahlia Murder. It would be my, my fourth band in there. Just because they came around, around that time, that time frame, and, and honestly, they, they made quite the impact. But we will talk about the Black Dahlia Murder in just a bit. So there you go. So that's their first one, right? New Wave of American Heavy Metal. And I'm telling you, Slipknot, Event Sevenfold, and Trivium were not talked about at the time. Slipknot especially because they were looped into the new metal genre. That's all I'm saying, right? Event Sevenfold was a metal band at the time, but they were more metalcore at the time. And they turned more into a rock band than anything. Um, so, yeah, you know. We move on to death metal. Now, death metal to me, I don't understand how you can have a list and not include one band in that list. Now, they've got all the guys that are that have been credited with creating the genre of death metal, right? Death, Morbid Angel, Cannibal Corpse. But they leave out one band. And they leave them out in favor of another band that didn't even come out anywhere near the same time as all these other bands. And how are you going to have a big four? So they put the Black Dahlia Murder in there instead of Possessed. How can you have a big four of Thrash... I mean, excuse me, of death metal without possessed. That's like removing, let's just say, that's like removing anthrax from the big four thrash. And you decide to put in, let's just say, for instance, the band Havoc. A band that clearly came out 20 years post all these other bands. But they've made quite an impact today that you decide, ah, you know what? They should be the Big Four Thrash. Well, if it wasn't for the Big Four Thrash that is currently the Big Four Thrash, Havoc would not exist. And that's why I'm saying if it wasn't for Death, Morbid Angel, Cannibal Corpse, and Possessed, there would be no Black Dahlia murder. So there you go. Another subgenre big four that I highly disagree with. They have prog metal listed and they have, you know, but um it, it it's kind of a weird list if you ask me. I don't know why. I agree with some of it like they have Dream Theater, Opeth, Queensryche and Between the Buried and Me. Very very kind of weird. But I could give kind of I could care less about prog metal. I'm not a huge prog metal guy. I respect it 100% all the way. Respect it. But this is not my thing. It's not my flavor. You know, out of the Baskin Robbins, it's one of the 31 flavors I don't care for. So moving on. And now to a genre that I lived through and was very passionate about at one time, and that's new metal. It's no secret. I... New Metal came out at a time when I needed something to latch on to, and it was right there. And it brought me back into metal. So without New Metal, I would have totally not paid attention to metal. So thank you very much to New Metal. 
But anyways, they've listed Corn, Lincoln Park, System of a Down, and Limp Biscuit as your big four. Now, we could sit here and argue all day, right? I lived I lived through this genre. Okay. We could sit here and argue all day as to who deserves to be in this list. And and right now, I'm telling you right now, it's definitely Limp Biscuit and Corn. Those are two that I'm cementing right now. Without those two, the genre really isn't what it is. Okay. The other parts are very arguable. And it's only because there are certain bands that argue that they're not new metal. Right? The Deftones being one of them. But if you ask me, I think the Deftones are part of the very pillars of new metal, at least with their first two releases, Adrenaline and Around the Fur. Now, you know, with White Pony, they they distanced themselves from the genre. And rightfully so. The Deftones is such an amazing band that deserved more than just being called a new metal band. But how many bands out there were like that? You know, and got pigeonholed into a genre, even though they weren't that. Like Guns N' Roses is by far not a hair metal band. They're a big rock and roll band, but they're not a hair metal band. They never were. But around that time, you know, obviously, you know, if you're not playing thrash or if you're not playing death metal or, or, or grindcore or anything like that in the 80s, you were considered a hair metal band. So, I'm willing to let go of the Deftones. I'm willing to let go of that one. Do you also include Rage Against the Machine into this argument? I mean, are we forgetting that Rage was really the first band that fully embraced the idea of of rap and metal and funk and metal? You know, I mean, there's Faith No More. And without Faith No More, I really believe that a lot of these bands don't exist as well. But Rage was out around the same time as Corn. But do you throw Rage Against the Machine in there? I don't know. I mean, I would. So for me, my big four of, of new metal is always going to be Corn, Limp Bizkit. You know, I would throw Rage Against the Machine in there. And then I would throw the Deftones. That's me. But as I said, I'm willing to throw out the Deftones. Therefore, I would substitute them with Linkin Park. Because Linkin Park really was one of the hugest new metal bands at the time. They really were. So I'm willing to to allow Linkin Park into that conversation. And then we get into System of a Down. And I think, and to me, System of a Down was always more than just a new metal band. You know what I'm saying? They were very, to me, very avant-garde in a way because they were very, you know, kind of sporadic. They were like that ADHD child. Like if you had four kids, right, you know, and Corn, Limp Bizkit, you know, and Lincoln Park are three of the kids, you've always got that one child out of the four that's just kind of like, out of their mind, out of their gourd, and they've got ADHD and they can't pay attention. And to me, that's System of a Down. So am I totally upset that System of a Down was put into that? No, not really. 
But again, you know, were they instrumental in the genre becoming what it is? Yeah, I don't know. Because to me, Slipknot deserves to be in that conversation. So for me, Slipknot is a new metal band that eventually evolved into what they are. But you talk about the impact, and Slipknot had quite an impact at the time. And then you also leave out Disturbed, right? Do you, do you, do you include Disturbed in there? You know, maybe because Disturbed, you know, kind of as their career went on, embraced more of their metal side than what they did on the first record. Okay, yeah, maybe. But, you know, it leaves room for argument. That's all I'm saying. So there you go. So that's, you know, uh, I mean, and listen, all lists are subjective, okay? Everybody's got an opinion. We all know opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. So, you know. All right, so then they move on to goth metal, and, and I don't really have an argument for this one. I mean, it's typo negative, it's him, it's Cradle of Filth, and Lacuna Coil. I'm good with that, if you're good with that. Uh, same thing with Grindcore. I'm not a huge expert in it. They got Napalm Death, Pig Destroyer, Rotten Sound, and Nasum. Again, if you're good with it, I'm good with it. Um, also, the same thing with, with uh, Doom Metal. I mean, they got Candlemass. They got My Dying Bride, Paradise Lost, and Electric Wizard. If you're good with it, I'm good with it. But, you know, at the same time, what happened to Pentagram? I think Pentagram deserves to be in there. But, again, if you're good with that list, I'm good with it. We move on to Deathcore, which is uh, another genre that I'm kind of like, I'm not disappointed in who they have in this list. I mean, when I think of Deathcore, I think of Whitechapel. I think of Suicide Silence. I think of Thy Art is Murder and Job for a Cowboy. So if you're good with that one, I'm good with that one. Uh, Gent, again, not my, just not my thing. Uh, they got Meshuga, They got Periphery. Animal is Leaders and Tesseract. You're good with it. I'm good with it. Uh, modern Metalcore. I didn't know there was a such thing as Modern Metalcore. I just thought it was Metalcore. But apparently there's a thing as modern metalcore, and it's Bring Me the Horizon. Uh, we've got Architects. We've got Under Oath and Parkway Drive. I would kind of argue here. I would kind of argue here because I would throw in Bullet for My Valentine. They always had a little bit of a metalcore feel to them. I would throw in Avenged Sevenfold. You know what I mean? But maybe because they're saying modern Metalcore, maybe that would slay the argument somewhere else, you know, slew it somewhere else, maybe. I don't know. Uh, then we move on to industrial rock and metal, and I couldn't agree more. And, you know, Nine Inch Nails, Ramstein, Ministry, and uh, Fear Factory is kind of a weird choice, but they threw Fear Factory in there. And, and um, okay, maybe. Uh, black metal. They've got Mayhem, Emperor, Dark Throne, and Enslaved. And I kind of have to argue with this one. Maybe they're looking at it from a certain uh, aspect, but uh, I like Dark Throne in that list. I like Emperor in that list. I like Mayhem. Those are three instrumental bands. Very instrumental in the creation 
or, or, or I should say in the blooming of, of black metal. But, you know, it throws in the argument here of a fourth, right? Who do you go for for a fourth? And that's always been that kind of argument. I would throw Immortal. End of conversation. I'm sorry. I love Enslaved. I think Enslaved is more than a black metal band. They're so creative. So, so creative. I think they're more than that. That's why I would throw Immortal. Immortal is synonymous with black metal. Right? You think of black metal. Immortal is one of those bands. So I would throw in Immortal. I would even argue uh, Demi Borgir. I would even argue Cradle of Filth to be thrown in that. But, you know, who am I to argue? All right, then we get into the one that I really wanted to argue about because I've been a huge hair metal fan since I was a kid, man. Like, since I was a fucking kid. You know what I mean? Hair metal was my thing. And this is a list that I think is arguable. Who I agree with on the list. And who I would think of. So if I was. Alright. To start this off. Before I tell you who Loudwire picked. Right. For hair metal. This is who I would pick. For my big four of hair metal. I would go Motley Crue. Quiet Riot. Rat. And Dokken. Those are your big four. Because I'm sorry. Tooth and Nail. Shot at the Devil. Metal Health. And in, uh, out of the cellar are four of the biggest albums. And if you even want to argue even a little bit more, Theater of Pain, Invasion of Your Privacy, right? Metal Health. <laughs> I'm not picking a second album, but you know, there's Quiet Riot's second album was great too. Uh, and then Under Lock and Key, phenomenal fucking albums. And I'm and I'm sorry, but to me that to me is hair metal, right? And some of those bands may be interchangeable. They could be. If we were to go, you know, in the style of the Big Four Thrash, we got to remove one band from California to throw in a band from New York, and that would be Twisted Sister. Now, who they picked is Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Twisted Sister. Now, the one that I'm going to argue about right from the start is Poison. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's like picking the big four thrash, leaving out uh, Anthrax and throwing in Death Angel, a band that came out later on in the genre, but you're going to throw them in there. That, to me, is poison. If it wasn't for all these other bands, right? And you can argue Def Leppard, too. If it wasn't for all these other bands, you would not have Poison, even though Poison was one of the hugest Acts from the genre, they were also what killed the genre in a way. They were. You know, they signified that, you know, the, the 80s hair metal genre was a joke. Focusing more on makeup than music. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's a, a definite, definite argument right there. And one of the other things I always wanted to say is I never thought of Def Leppard as a hair metal band. I'm sorry. I thought Def Leppard 
if we were to get into that, Def Leppard musically was the best band out of all of them. I'm sorry. You can argue with me about that till you want, till I'm blue in the face. I'm going to disagree with you. Musically, Def Leppard, I would take High and Dry, Pyromania, and throw that against any record that came out in the 80s from any of these bands and tell you that those records are still superior to anything Motley Crue. Dawkins musically was a great band, but Rat and Twisted Sister and anybody else, those two records from Def Leppard are still superior to those. So to me, Def Leppard is not a hair metal band. They're just a UK hard rock act. They're actually a new wave of British heavy metal, believe it or not. That's what they were thrown into at one time, pigeonholed into at one time. So, yeah, you know, there you go, right? So I told you my big four of, of hair metal, which I think is is honestly the better list. So forget Loudwire's list on that one. And just, you know, stick to Motley Crue, Rat, Dawkin, Quiet Riot, and you'll be all right. Okay? Because here's the thing. You have the first band to ever score a number one album on the Billboard Top 100 from that genre, right? From hair metal. You also have the biggest band to ever come out of hair metal, right? Motley Crue. And then Rat and the rest were just badass. And then I think they just get kind of stupid with some of the lists following this. I mean, Power Metal, they have uh, Halloween. They've got Sabaton. They've got Bland Guardian, Dragon Force. I immediately throw out Dragon Force and maybe Sabaton. And I would throw in Judas Priest and Iron Maiden because those were Power Metal bands. Or at least that's what they were considered back in the day. They got symphonic metal. Yeah, I don't really care. Uh, traditional metal, which this is the interesting. They call it traditional metal. So you've got Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Black Sabbath, and then Ozzy Osbourne. I think they got lazy. And they got lazy. How can the same guy be in the same list twice? Well, here's how you get rid of that. Keep Ozzy in there with Black Sabbath and throw Ronnie James Dio. Call it a day. Traditional metal. Uh, then there's metalcore, and so we had modern metalcore, which we talked about earlier, and then metalcore, and they have Killswitch Engage, Converge, The Dillinger Escape Plan, and As I Lay Dying. I guess so. I guess so. But where's Shadows Fall? Right. That's another band you could argue for the new wave of American heavy metal, Shadows Fall. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. I strongly suggest to Loudwire that if you're going to create a big four for every genre, that you got to do a way better job than what you did. All right. Because all the rest of us, the guys that have been listening to this shit for our whole entire lives, are going to argue to death with you. And with that being said, it is now time for our last Bands You Should Know artist. All right. For our last artist. You may remember him as the founding member of the legendary Seattle rock band, TKO. I am talking about Rick Pierce, who has done quite a lot in this business. Let me tell you, he's done quite a lot. 
He's got a new record coming out with his new band, the Rick Pierce Group. And we're going to be playing a single from him called Brick by Brick. So let's check it out. This track kicks ass. You need to get it when it comes out December 7th. Rick Pierce Group. Check it out. And I will see you guys. Hey, listen. In all seriousness, please be safe today. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. I love you all. I will see you guys all with the next episode of Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. But please, please be safe. Stuff your faces with turkey. Watch some football. Listen to this podcast. Do whatever you got to do. But have an amazing day. And I will see you guys all next time. Peace. Let's go.